We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I found the picture of my Pikachu costume. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I got to ask my mom for the Sonic costume. I forgot we would do this, but I Same. definitely have a picture of me in the Sonic costume. Welcome back to How Did We Get Here? And today's topic is revisiting one from last episode that we didn't quite get to finish. The Revisited Dilemma of Avatar Identity. I'm Jacob. I'm Zach. Hi, everybody. There you go. Nailed yeah, it. I didn't know if you were passing the ball or if you were like holding the mm -hmm. ball and then passing it. But yeah, so we talked about this uh, last episode, which definitely was recorded last week and not six months ago. And, yeah. uh, and uh, we definitely might have recorded six episodes as like a little pilot. For sure. And yeah. Now we were in the sixth episode. We were like, we'll talk more about this next week. And here we are next week. <laughs> and I don't remember what we talked about. It's next week for you guys. But for us, it is half a year. But that, but, you know, there's I remember explicitly us not going into detail as much as we wanted about this phenomenon of choosing your identity at a young age. And what represents yeah. you either in, for me, when I started, it was online forums, right? And I think that was the same for you. What was but, your early, like, profile picture on, like, forums and stuff like that? Oh, gosh. I, it was probably, I remember when I was 13 or 14, I had a Phoenix Wright gif because I thought it was funny. Uh -huh. So it was like, if you remember the first Phoenix Wright, the guy the first guy who's on the stand who's like all smiley and like oh, uh, sort of the evil man yes yeah the evil yeah. smiley guy with the pink suit i thought that was so good as an avatar in it and i commend myself my 14 13 year old self because that's yeah, still pretty, pretty funny pretty good choice I it's better than like shadow right yeah my early profile picture was you know in like smash brothers brawl how whenever they reveal characters it was that light blue gradient that faded to white no. Yeah, you do. Wait, On like Brawl Dojo oh, when they would announce oh, characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. So character the background. in front of a gradient. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I just had that profile picture of Sonic and it was stretched out. <laughs> like wide. Why? I liked Sonic as a kid. Okay. And when he got announced for Brawl, I, I was in the school lab, like computer lab. Definitely made that my wallpaper on like a 16 by 9 monitor and it just stretched it out <laughs> horrendous amounts. And I still think that's hilarious. Did you, were you one of those kids that like liked, you like new Sonic, right? You were into like adventure because that's all you knew, right? I, here's the thing. Like I, as a kid, I don't think I understood that something could be bad. 
I think we talked about this before. That's yeah, yeah I remember that. Defining trait of my childhood. Sure. Yeah. That if anything was ever brought up to me and it was made by someone who knew more than me, if I didn't get it, I felt like that was on me. I feel that. It's it's like the adults know what they're doing and they're obviously creating something, you mm -hmm. know, that will be mass appealing, right? Why wouldn't yeah. they? That's yeah. Oh, that's exactly. funny. What a way to go through life. Just not question. Well, I guess people do that now, but not questioning any sort of <laughs> form of media at all. Be like, ah, oh, well, this is for somebody. I guess it's not me. I kind of wish I, more I people had that, that outlook. I I thought like this has to be for me. I, I forced myself into liking things just because I was like, this was made. If I got a video game and it had it was on a Nintendo console, I'm like, Nintendo himself made this. Mm, I yeah. need to enjoy it and play it. I need to be grateful for what this capitalist business has done for me. That is such a cute ideology. I think that's adorable. So. You could ju you just force yourself into any niche that you need. You are the perfect consumer. Oh so, my god. When you think of it like that, it makes a lot of sense why I liked Sonic. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way you could, I think. He's a cool blue hedgehog who goes fast and that was all I needed. I think Sonic has to imprint himself on you when you're young. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't get it. Like you, yeah. you need him to be I I had the I had the experience of like I loved Sonic until he started talking. And then I was like, I hate this guy. And it's weird because like I was right around that age during Sonic Adventure 1, which is like 2000. I was 12 or 13. That would have been perfect for me. But yeah, I just hated him. So I think I do love those games now because I think I just enjoy bad media. And I oh, can, sure. I can come to the agreement that these games are not great. That's it. I'll agree with you. I will also <laughs> yeah. come to that agreement. We'll shake on yeah. it. Yeah, but that's a shame. I think profile pictures on forums, like it, I feel like nowadays you see a lot of the same profile pictures on social media, mm -hmm. but I feel like people were so much more clever back in the early days of the internet because I felt like no one had the same forum profile picture or GIF or image or anything. I felt like everyone was pretty unique. Well, I think you had to be because this yeah. was before the spread of like there were no vast communal spaces, I think. So there was nothing mm -hmm. like a Twitter or anything like that. Like obviously there were forums, but they were all somewhat like isolated and insulated. So it's like you might be on like a Sonic fan forum, which has its own culture and memes or whatever. But like you're not exposed to the outer world, which might have, I don't know, Bernie Mittens and big chungus and like everybody has those memes, right? That's for the, mm -hmm. that's for Vox Populi. So it's like, yeah, I feel like nowadays different. you would see a lot of big chungus on forums and you would never be able to tell anyone apart. Right. But then when you see like this very specifically drawn image of like shadow holding a gun in a maid outfit, you're like, Oh, that's Chad. <laughs> I love that guy. Chad's yeah. my guy. Every time I see him, it's like, yeah. But what's more defining then profile pictures on forums, I feel, was signatures. I was going to go there, too. Oh, my yeah. God. The signatures that <laughs> came at the bottom of every message. And then it's like, it's just text. But some people had those, like, GIFs. Animated or, banners. So oh let me try God, to explain yeah. this to people who just weren't there for it. Because I have to admit, it is you had to be there. Yeah, it's no question. The entire internet culture 
that you know on Twitter, on Instagram, on Reddit, on Twitch, on everything just didn't exist back then. And all you had was very niche forums where you could find random faceless people on the internet to talk about something that you were also interested in. And you all you had to introduce yourself was a unique profile picture that you hope no one else had. And then to top it all off, under every post you typed in this form, just one comment after another, you could have a signature. I'm sure you've seen a business email where they might list their name, their phone <laughs> number, their address perhaps, and the list of their qualifications. Very standard stuff. But on forums, imagine if you got to determine what made you qualified. And sometimes it's just a quote from Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, it could be a quote. It could be like a, a, a banner image. It could be, if you want to be really fancy, it's like a literary quote. Some people had that, which was kind of weird. But most um, of the animated GIF ones were all like commissioned or uniquely made. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was which very flashy. Like, I saw a lot of like very gothic text with like edgy characters like Riku from Kingdom Hearts, like moving next to it. Oh, sure, with, like, the fire gif that everybody yeah. had, like, the burning and the, the skulls maybe rotating. Like, there were there were some common elements. It would just say something like your name, like <laughs> Sephiroth Kevin. <laughs> Heartless Danny or, like, <laughs> you know, something like that. But it was yeah. so impactful when you were that. And one thing that's, I think kind of interesting is like heartless i don't know about you danny heartless danny's good because like danny is such like a childish adolescent yeah. name but danny yeah he doesn't know that this is just what his dad calls him it was so one thing that i think is sort of lost now and i wonder if it i guess not actually so one thing that i think about a lot is sort of media literacy with mm -hmm. younger generations because like Everybody says you can't give your kids phones. It's going to rot their brain, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't, your your kids end up like mad behind in a world of where it's so easy to manipulate and transform media that they're going to like, they're mm -hmm. going to be struggling. And one of the things that really got me into my day job, which used to be web development, was like editing HTML, learning how to make those signatures and and uh, the, the animated banners, working with GIFs, like, that changed my life, but I feel like <laughs> in the somewhat uniform world we have now, like, what can you do on Twitter? You can mess in Blender and make a tweet about it, but that's not quite the same, right? Yeah. Because you're not on the platform. You have to do stuff outside of the platform and then bring it in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, it was just a different world, and I feel like you would always find the people who clashed because, you know, like the very stereotypical, like pink pastel versus the gothic black next to each other. I feel sure. like that was the juxtaposition on every forum where it was just people who have a vague interest in, let's say you're familiar with Smash Bros, Smash Boards. And then you have people from, I feel like at this point in time, every online community, everyone is kind of uh, unified personally to where mm -hmm. they all kind of have like the same general vibe. Like if you're on the dark, not the dark web, but like <laughs> the other side of the internet to where you kind of understand internet culture, I feel like everyone's the same person at that point. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. 
For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, sort of. To a degree. To a degree, just, yeah. yeah. I Speaking think of generalities, yeah. There's this etiquette on the internet now that just wasn't common knowledge back then. Well, nobody knew it. It's like, yeah. if I, I think once you reach a certain level of internet literacy... Uh, capital letters go away. Um, you understand the the power of punctuation. In, yeah, that's a in, big one. You know, like things like that. Where Think it's about like, like your mom texting you capital K period. Like you're right. like, whoa. Your dad that drops five ellipses per paragraph. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. there are certain things that you sort of habits that you develop as you sort of get into the code. But that didn't exist back then because nobody no, knew it. So punctuation is like a mini game for parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's, it's, you have to make sure it's like hieroglyphs for them where it's like, they have to make sure they're sending the right message, but they don't care. <laughs> How do you feel about parents and emojis? They never use them. Do your parents use emojis? Mine, mine do. Oh my and, God. But I think that's even awful. My, grandparents do oh my god what the how yeah i i think they don't use them well and they just kind of like they say this is how i'm feeling oh wait this one also describes how i'm feeling and they'll have a very simple text with eight emojis following it <laughs> the uh the fluidity of emotion yeah i had a friend's dad who wanted my number to send me a couple pictures and I gave it to him and then he texted me and said like, hey, this is Alan and then had like nine emojis following that. So, I mean, I just put his name in my phone as Alan with those same nine emojis. <laughs> it felt right. But I don't, it's just I feel like, again, it's just a mini game. It's a side quest to see like how much can we get away with? What? How do you think they're going to interpret it too? Because like I, I feel like a lot of that internet literacy that we're talking about is like, mm -hmm. you know that game, have you ever done that quiz where it's like, okay, make a make an uppercase Q on your forehead. Do you know what this is? No. Okay, so go ahead and draw an uppercase Q on your forehead right now. I just did. You did it? Okay, did your little line in the Q go to the left or to the right? It went to the right. Okay, so apparently, and I think this might be that bullshit pseudoscience whatever, like, People Magazine, Cosmo stuff, but apparently... Am I gay now? No. Well, I haven't gotten that far, but <laughs> haven't gotten to that chapter, but it might I mean, be down I, It just line. feels like one of those, like, have you seen the bird that hides from gay people kind of thing people say in middle school? <laughs> I've never heard of that. We're oh, going to so, go back okay, into okay. that soon. But, oh, I, I get it already. Okay, I get yeah. it now. Okay, yeah. you got me. No, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently the cue is like, so if you put yours to the right, it's because you're imagining you're facing the cue and yes. it's more about you're facing it yourself. But if you draw the cue to the other side, it's flipped for the you people. are more in tune. Right. Exactly. You're more in tune with how you're perceived in the outer world, which, again, mm -hmm. probably just bullshit. I put my cue to the right, too. I feel like most people do. But the reason I bring it up is because I feel like when parents 
sort of text in that way, it's utilitarian. It's like the K yeah. with the period is the fastest way. These ellipses are because I don't know how to end this sentence and I'm your dad and I don't know how to properly show emotion. You for know? us, as you said, texting for us is like, for most people, just conversation. Right. But for parents, they were around when texting was introduced as like, this is a good backup for calling. Yeah, yeah. If so they just look at it worse. like, yeah, they just look at it like purely, again, it's like utilitarian. It's just like a, yeah. a function. It's a service. Meanwhile, in terms of conversation, you understand that like this punctuation mark means this. If you break, if you send four messages with one line mm -hmm. each instead of just one, it conveys like excitement, right? It's like yeah. keyboard, like what do parents think about keyboard smashing? They have no idea what the hell's going on there, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would know either. Go ahead and smash your keyboard uh, and send that to your parents right now if you're listening to this. And please let us know what they say. Tweet at us. I'm actually curious. I think I, I saw a lot about analyzing different key smashes from mm -hmm. straights and the gays. And I think that's a really interesting topic. What's the what's the difference? There's a lot uh, of sks, 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 you know? Yeah, but a lot of the gay key smashes stay on the middle bar of text or like on a keyboard. Got it. So like home row. It's the middle yeah. row of keys. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I do think those look funnier. I will say I think that's the perfect amount of letters because they have like what no vowels on home row. Yeah. No. They have a you have a but that's it. You have the ASDF yeah. and the JK and like yeah there's a lot of funny letters in there. Yeah. Because like I feel like I'm looking at my keyboard bottom row ZXC, like that just looks like nonsense. No, you can't get anything there. No, too many vowels in top row and too many hard consonants. Yeah, I think like bottom row is just, or middle row is just optimal. And I'm glad that the gay community has like figured that one out. Why is it, it is funnier, but I don't know why. I'm sitting here staring at my keyboard, realizing how much funnier that middle row is to read. But none of the other letters like it doesn't make sense right no, like why it is have that to. it's uh, that i guess it's cuz they're the most common letters so I, it just becomes a mishmash rather there's than your brain saying here. like yeah 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 I, there's something there i don't know but to talk but, about the the gay agenda a little bit more you know i love to <laughs> um i think what is the craziest thing uh just that come from like an insensitive past is how gay was a derogatory word for so long. And I think I've kind of gone full circle on it of being surprised and being like, it was funny that people thought that was okay. Sure. For a while. It's, yeah. I, I just mean that people saw, because I guess I was from the South, so I was exposed to a lot of homophobia as someone sure. who's somewhere out there and people would just say stuff like I don't like that that's gay moving on and I I just think that's insane that they found something they didn't like and took it well it's it's a weird thing because I don't think it's ever anything that anybody thought about yeah like it's it sort of spread beyond like obviously the roots are in actual homophobia of but course. then it's like as it sort of spreads, people just said it who aren't necessarily homophobic, but like 
they're just, it's the lingo, right? And it's just yeah. what you say. And I think a lot of people have some, some you know, sort of realize that and come to terms with like, hey, this isn't okay. But a lot of them don't really care. And it's kind of interesting to me because I see, like, I see a lot of gay people who still do that and do it now. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that's internalized homophobia, right? But mm -hmm. what else would you call it, right? It's just like, it's just language. It's weird. It is. It's because it was being gay was such a gotcha moment for so many people in my middle school. Right. Like, as I told you, people would commonly be asked, have you seen the bird that hides from gay people? And most people haven't. So I guess you're gay. Gotcha. I've and never that was heard comedy. that one. Well, have you seen it? I no, I I think there's more of a gotcha. What's the other one? There's another one that's like that. It, that's it like was, have, do your parents, do your know, parents you're gay? know you're gay? That's the other yeah. one. Yep, yep, yep. You can't win that one. You can't win that one. That's that. I can't believe middle schoolers came up with that. That's so clever. honestly, it's clever. It's that was somebody's dad. It had to have been somebody's dad, and he unleashed it upon the world like a like a neurotoxin. He just, I just think it's so insane that people just saw this. This being gay is an identity. And they said, no, I'm using it derogatory. And I just think language is insane that you can just do that. I mean, I, I just wonder if you could do it for like, that's so blonde, bro. You're acting yeah. so blonde. Stop. That's so Zach. <laughs> Zach <laughs> moment. <laughs> I mean, that kind of is a thing though, right? Like with it, Karen's, it right? Like. You could kind of do that. Chad, Stacy, you know? I feel so sorry for the Karens and the Chads and the Stacys of the world. Yeah, they didn't choose that name. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I... Not the people who earned the title, but just the innocent bystanders, the nice, humble Chads, the very tame Stacys, and the respectful Karens. Like, they exist. <laughs> respectful Karens. Yeah. I mean, you could change your name, right? If you're caring, you could go by K or something. I don't know. Like, do you realize Carrie? how shit that is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not great, but like, you would have to. I, you got to survive, right? You got to adapt. Uh huh. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years. We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The, the, the kids are changing things too fast. I, you can't shorten Chad. You just have to go by a middle name or something. Imagine you're a woman named Karen and you show up with your nice, you know, side-swept haircut and all the kids make fun of you. That's so sad. Speaking of, of Stacy, uh, I was at dinner with a friend the other day and what song but Stacy's mom comes over oh, the boy. sound system. Fountains of Wayne, right? Yeah, yeah, Fountains of Wayne. And I think that is one of the funniest songs to have ever existed because... Music was different back then. Sure. <laughs> let's yeah. let's put it that way. Like nowadays I feel like songs are so vague. They're describing a feeling, not a person. Sure. And 
that song is targeted. He knew someone named Stacy, and she had a hot mom. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like, I don't know. I I guess there have always been, there's like my Sharona, right? And that's about a specific person, right? It's like. Yeah, but I just think it's so funny because imagine you're in a band, right? And the lead singer guys goes, guys, I have a new song. <laughs> and and then they all come around, they learn it, and they go, this is Stacy, like like uh, Stacy Martin, like our neighbor, all of us know her. They're like, yeah, and her hot mom. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> and they all know this. They all move on from it. And then they perform it and sell, and it, it's a hit. Everyone has a Stacy's mom. The and fact that about- all the all the bandmates have to be cool with it too. Like yeah. all the bandmates are like, you know, I'm in on this. Fine, sure, you know. And taking a step further, let's talk about Jesse's girl. That song oh, is insane. Yeah, yeah that song's just, just unreal. He is talking about his good friend Jesse, who's a good friend of mine, and he's got a girl, and I want to make her mine. Which- he's just blasting it to the world too. <laughs> So everybody hears it. It's not a private song or like he's not dealing with his feelings personally. It's like, I got to tell everybody about this And it's not subtle. That's the funniest (laughs) part to me. Like (laughs) there is no deciphering you have to do in this song. He has a friend named Jesse who has a girlfriend and he wants her. That's true. (laughs) The fact that there's no like encryption going on here. This is just like blatant. There's no decoder ring here. Sometimes you hear songs and then you learn the meaning of them and then you go back and listen to the lyrics and you're like, ah, oh, that makes sense. But this is a song you understand cover to cover on the first listen through. That's just the 80s, though. Yeah. Like they, they just were not. There's no real subtlety in that unless you're talking about like, I don't know, uh, running up that hill, I guess. Kate, whatever her name was like, there's some artists, but they were like in the new wave. I'm looking at uh, Stacy's mom now. Apparently, the song's inspiration was, uh, oh, my God. So the lead singer uh, had a friend. Uh-huh. Named Stacy. Who, who, well, no, the, it gets worse. Uh-huh. Uh, so the lead singer had a friend, and his friend thought that the lead singer's grandmother was hot. They were 11 or 12, and he was like, yeah, your grandma's super hot. And, his, and is his mom Stacy? Yeah, there's no one Stacy in this story. Okay. I think they just needed a two-syllable name. That makes Could sense. Could have been anything. Well, I'm sure Jesse's girl is much more direct. <laughs> Let's talk about the other one of Jenny. I was thinking that too, the number one. Yeah, the yeah. It's he was so he wanted this girl so bad that he doxed her phone number to the world. <laughs> well, the girl isn't even real, right? He saw it on a bathroom wall. I think that's I, the, what the song is about, right? I don't know these stories. I Hold just on. kind of, I guess I have just, I am an artist. I, I interpret what I want. <laughs> and, but I do like that no matter what happened, he did dox this girl's phone number. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And even if like, this was before area codes. So like. Every what? single county had an 866. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because think about it. 8675309, that's only seven numbers. We didn't used yeah. to have 10 numbers. So, oh, do we not have area codes? No, dude. 
I lived in I a world without them. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. My phone used to be 672-2713. Please you don't just call that. someone else. I do, you, I don't I mean, you can't just put together a string of seven numbers and say it's doxing. They're random numbers. I didn't even give an area code. Well, now every area code has someone who just got doxed. But that's what it is is that every so this 8675309 is like Every single area had one of these, and everybody would call Jenny. So Tommy Two-Tone of uh, Jenny fame probably created a, a, a god-awful nightmare for somebody for like six months. Millions yeah. of people around the world. Who I'm sure none of those people were that in tune to music. <laughs> like, maybe not all of them. So I'm sure a lot of them just yeah. suddenly started getting spam calls and were unsure why. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Like, I don't know pop music very well right now. And if a song came up that just like was my phone number and people started calling me memeing about it, I would be yeah. so lost. I would think I was getting anonymous. I think another thing is just going back to uh, Jesse's girl. Think about the cars. My best friend's girl, which is more or less the same thing. Right. I don't know that one, actually. But it's okay, the same thing, right? So Just I by am the now title. getting information in my ear that uh, Ginny was the lead singer's ex-girlfriend and 8675309 was indeed her real phone number. <laughs> it's it's almost like revenge porn. It's like, it's the closest you could get, I guess, Bro, in the I'd 80s. rather have revenge porn, honestly. <laughs> Than random people calling you. And he's just, in the song, he's celebrating having the number. He's just, I got it. I've got a number. <laughs> got <your> number. <laughs> if you put that song in a minor key, it's like a threat. It's blackmailing. <laughs> he found it. He discovered it. <laughs> Despite oh, man. how many times you... <laughs> I'd like to believe that she changed his number on him and was like, I need him to stop calling me. So then he releases <laughs> a song with her new number and goes, I found it. Starts so writing it all over bathrooms all over the country. Oh, my God. And in everyone's car's stereo system. <laughs> That's petty, dude. You write a hit song specifically to get back at your ex. That's sick. Oh, that's the best revenge. That's good. Yeah, I think like Ariana Grande, um, she and Thank You Next, you know, that song just got everyone to be like, maybe my ex isn't that bad. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty positive spin, right? Yeah, it was like, I have learned so much more about myself thanks to my ex. <laughs> but thank you next. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably sent the whole single dating world into a little bit of a, a frenzy. If I'd have to guess, cause I feel like everyone was probably texting their ex after that song. Yeah. Yeah. People were probably like very sort of introspective after hearing that track. Cause yeah. they want to be more like Ariana Grande. I wonder how much pop music dictates like public consciousness in that way. That's kind of yeah. interesting. But where I was going with that is she mentioned her most prominent exes by name in the intro of the song. And in the... Oh. Yeah, she does. Oh. So there's no mystery. And it's positive. It's positive for the most part. But in the music video, it parodies Mean Girls at this part. So she's writing in the burn book of all of her exes. And she just comments that Pete Davidson has a huge cock. <laughs> in the burn book in the burn book it's not really a burn right <laughs> well it's not the right place to put it fast forward i saw his stand-up 
<laughs> and he was talking about it. And I thought this was a hilarious take where he just said that ruined my life because now I don't know if she meant it to, but she accomplished it because every woman I've ever been with now has expectations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, I'm not actually well endowed. She just has small hands. Yeah, she's tiny. That makes sense. <laughs> and I think it's just like, it's, I never thought of revenge to raise the bar too high and tell everyone. And then all these women be like, he did not meet that standard because now they have <laughs> expectations. That is like maniacally evil. Yeah. Well, that's just like toxic positivity. It's like, yeah. this guy is such a good date. He took me all to all the fanciest places, paid for everything. And then if he doesn't do that, it's like, what's Got wrong me with gifts. me? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's sick. That's I like evil. That. Yeah, that's that's I like it. That's a good way yeah. to go about it. If you're going to go if you it, it's toxic positivity, if really mm -hmm. like you just tell everybody how good the person is. <laughs> I, I feel like if I hear someone complaining about their ex and it's not like. In a fast paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change for over 130 years. We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The bad stuff, you know? Sure, 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 yeah. And if it's just like, oh, he did this, she did this, they did that, whatever... I, I usually just I'll support my friends, but I, it usually goes in one ear out the other because I'm just right. like, you just need to get this off your chest. You're there to they're venting. You're just there to yeah. listen. And I'm sure like during breakups, most of what you say you don't actually mean didn't actually happen, or it just it wasn't as bad as you feel. Sure, it's, the intensity is there. So I think the truest revenge you can get in a breakup is just saying how great they were especially broadcasting it to millions, billions even, probably. And then hoping that, like, hoping that everybody else hears it and then that they can't live up to that ever. Whoever there, it is, they can never There do is that. no girl in Pete Davidson's dating pool who is not aware of Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and true. That's he would have evil. to go way outside the circle for that. Everybody knows who he is and who he used to date. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's not just that he dated someone. It's that he dated the most prolific pop star of our time right now. And she is just advertising his cock to everyone. I feel like if I was a pop star, I wouldn't be able to date other pop stars, right? I mean, like, I, yeah. guess, I guess part of it is like the Olympic Village where it's just like, these are the best of the best in the world. So it's like, you know, obviously you've got the the most attractive and the most, mm -hmm. uh, what's the word, eligible uh, I, I think, people to do this. But it also, like, mm -hmm. you can't open up to, like, Taylor Swift, right? How much can you be emotionally vulnerable to a pop star? They could just put everything out there. Well, as a musician, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> At any point. I think the other thing from the Taylor Swift perspective is that you don't quite, I don't know how you date like people outside of the industry 
mm-hmm. because it's it's a it's two different things for me. One, I don't know where you meet people. And two, yeah. I can speak from experience of suddenly having to like date again where I've tried to talk to people outside of like the industry and I feel like they're on a they're in a different world. Sure, yeah. Like it's uh it it's hard and it's just strange that you feel like you have to play catch up with this extent thing mm-hmm. and I just think it would be much easier to date anyone in your sphere. So like as a as a pop star, I guess I see why they would date other pop stars just because it's easier. But at the same time, yeah. so much more volatile and dangerous. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I just I feel like it's especially hard too in a place like LA because everybody is living so many different lives. Like, yeah. The 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 variety in which you can spend your time and energy in Los Angeles is uh vast. So it's like how what reality are you living in? Because everybody is a different one over there. So how do you like come to to terms and understandings on anything? Yeah. Because it feels like, like everybody has different experiences. Drama is just so... Drama sells. You know, at the end of sure. the day, no matter what industry you're in, drama sells. And I think about like Taylor Swift is... Like I think in 2017, 2018, she still released a song talking about like Kanye West. Wait, really? Yeah. Again? Yeah. Man. Called This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Okay. Um, well, to be fair, the story did elevate a little bit because okay. uh, Kanye West and the song Famous talked about Taylor Swift and uh, here, let me get the I do remember that word. Yeah, I do remember that he did do that, but I and maybe mm-hmm. Taylor was like right after that. But I, the, I just the quote of the song was, mm-hmm. "I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why I made that bitch famous? Goddamn, that's what it was." Yeah, yeah. And what the cliff note drama of this was was then Taylor Swift comes out and says, "Yo, this is not cool." And then Kim Kardashian, his wife at the time leaks a phone call illegally of her and Kanye and Taylor talking. And Kanye's like saying, hey, can I say this? And Taylor's like, yeah, I think that's kind of funny. But oh, no. Yeah, it was. And the context of it, to my understanding, was that Kanye never said he's going to say I made that bitch famous. Like I made her famous is such a different connotation than I made that bitch famous. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what she was most upset at. But anyways, then started this whole uh, snake trend of calling Taylor Swift a snake. And then she released Reputation, which was just her. uh, I'm very angsty right now. It was like a heel turn almost, right? It was like she was like the bad girl now. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It went from that to releasing an album called Lover. So, you know. It's just a phase. She got it all out of her system. Yeah. It's all just and it's I in phases. Feel like she needed to, right? Good for her. Yeah. It's an outlet. I can imagine getting like having that moment of your life when you're getting recognized by your peers in the industry and then having fucking Kanye West step up and just snatch it away from you. Cause Kanye wasn't that big then. You remember like Yeah, let's talk about the VMAs real quick. And like different. twenty 10? Mm-hmm. 
something like that. It was uh, it was a while ago, but I think like I don't think people know. Okay, it was the VMAs two thousand nine. I was close. Okay, so even even older than that. Yeah, dude, like old Kanye was like people thought he was on a come up, but like what you guys know as Kanye, who I guess is just Ye now. I think he he legally filed it. He's not Kanye West anymore. Now his legal name is just Ye. Y E. E. Yeah. Uh, but he used to be different, man. Like he always had these like delusions of grandeur or whatever, but he was celebrated as a, as sort of a prodigy, but I don't think anybody would have expected him to go off the rails like this, but it's funny. Cause now if you look back at moments like the VMAs or like that, uh, the Katrina relief fund, you kind of see sparks of it and you're like, Oh, <laughs> he's that even then. Yeah, Kanye West is definitely an enigma. He's a true artist. I think he's kind of all over the place. The Kanye West timeline is insane because yeah. I you remember like what last year when he was just so invested in in Trump suddenly. Yeah, I feel like that he was, got big into that. That was a huge turn, not just like from how I feel politically, but just from the Kanye West I used to know. Well, he, I, I mean, I know a lot of people thought it was a stunt, right? Like, cause he yeah. had an album coming out around that time and I didn't keep up with it enough to like, I think people who, who were sort of in the culture could explain that and sort of understand what was going on. But as somebody from the outside, I was like, oh, he's hanging out with Trump. Okay. All right, man. Just if it feels like he's just like Kanye is like a sim that randomly wanders into other people's towns and like, oh, I'm right wing now. Now I'm now I'm now I'm in Donald Trump's village and then he just hangs out with Donald Trump and then he just goes over and assaults Taylor Swift. And, you know, he's just he's just meandering through L.A. Apparently. Oh, my God. I just found a picture of him wearing a mask to uh, to meet Michael Cohen. Have you seen this picture? No. And I know that, like, I just linked Kanye it in the chat. West Please look has, at that. Oh, what? What is what is this? That's Kanye West under the mask. <laughs> Oh, that's him. Uh, that is a white man. Yep. It's a white guy wearing sunglasses. But, you know, to his credit, I would not be able to identify him. No, I mean, the mask works. I just yep. thought it was like a mannequin. <laughs> that's how does he talk? How how do you loudly? <laughs> I guess is this like, do you think this is like, OK, in case you guys aren't haven't seen it, if you're listening to this later, look up Kanye mask Michael Cohen, and it's probably first on Google Images. Uh, do, do you think this is like, no, I was going to say, is this like a is this like an anti mask protest? Dude, I have like you go so far in the other direction. Just no idea. This is bizarre. Yeah, I think just like with Kanye, I was watching the VMAs live. Whenever that happened in 2009. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That Yeah, I was 14 at that time. And I I just saw that. And I didn't really follow pop culture at this time. I think I knew the names Kanye West. I knew the names Beyonce. I knew the name Taylor Swift. Sure. So, like, I saw all these interacting. And I th think I thought it was staged. Like, it was entertainment. Ah, sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably thought that when they first saw it, right? Like on first blush. Yeah, because like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Honestly. You think it's leading into like a musical segment with both of them or something? <laughs> Dude, 
after that happened, though, Taylor Swift had to perform. Wait, the same night? Yeah, like immediately oh, after. Oh, no. That poor lady. Oh, no. Yeah. That'd be, that would break me up, bro. Oh, my God. I, I feel like everyone's aware of this, but I would love to deep dive into this situation. Where, uh, it was best music video of the year, and Beyonce's, you know, very iconic single ladies. Single ladies, right? Yeah. Was up against, uh, I think it was You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. I think that's my guess. Is that the and, one with like the high school, like the notes on the window? And Yeah, the, that's it. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, also iconic. Sure. I'll give her the credit. In its own but, way. Yeah. And Kanye West didn't like that Taylor Swift walked one. So walked on stage and which I think is like, no matter who you are, pretty weird thing to do. Like sure. these events are pretty respectful, I feel. And you just kind of sit and watch. And Kanye, who didn't really have like huge ties to Beyonce, just kind of walked over and just said, yo, Beyonce, the greatest music video of all time. <laughs> and then said, all right, here you go, Taylor. And gave he just her the gave mic. it back. Yeah. And she it was, was like, so funny because he even says, I'm going to let you finish this. So he's like, oh, all right, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let yeah. you finish. And that was so funny because it's like, what is she going to say after that? Like, uh, thanks. But like, he couldn't wait for her to be done. I guess that's even bruder if he waits for yeah. her to be done. Okay. Never fair play, Kanye. That's fine. I'm going to let you finish. But was like, that's the iconic phrase. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. And then that happened. Taylor Swift went and performed. Then, uh, what was it? Innocent was written by Taylor Swift in response to Kanye. And then Kanye released Runaway in response to that. Wait, he did? That was that was uh, her song? In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I didn't know I, that. I, I think so. Holy shit. Okay. Damn. I didn't realize it, it like spanned that long. That's crazy. Yeah, there's like this huge, weird <laughs> phenomenon, I guess. I can't believe they still make music videos. I know this is like a different thing entirely, but like I remember music videos were like a big deal back then. And I guess they still are now, but I think it's just MTV, right? Well, MTV just is a ridiculousness bot now. It just, yeah, it plays that 24 <laughs> seven at all times. You know what Wait. makes me feel so uncomfortable about ridiculousness? Mm. Rob Deerdeck looks a lot like my father. Oh, that's weird. Mm hmm. Like, Celebrity look-alike kind of vibe. So, like, when you're flipping the channels, you have to, like, take a second. You're like, uh, oh, okay, that's not my dad on MTV. It's not my dad, but it's just, like, you know, if my dad ever wanted to lean into it a little more, I'm sure he could. He could. Yeah. If he had, like, a snapback and, like, a plaid shirt or flannel, that's what he usually wears, yeah. <laughs> he could definitely just be on that show and you wouldn't notice. Yeah, let me... I'm trying to find a picture of him real quick just, just to show you. God, me, what's uh, weird to me is, like... I mean, we were talking before about the prevalence of, like, online signatures and for... We, we, we got away from it again, by the way. 
from the anime profile picture. Here, there's a link of my dad. Oh, that does kind of look like him. I see it. Yeah, it's there. But anyways, wow, this was about anime profile pictures, wasn't it? And then we broadened it so we wouldn't run out of things to talk about. So we of avatars online. And here we are. Ridiculousness and Taylor Swift. Well, one of the things that I, I think is funny is like we were talking about how you kind of had to be there. And I feel that same way about MTV because like, yeah, MTV doesn't matter anymore. Mm -mm. And I don't think people realize the cultural like in the 90s, it was a big deal. And in the 2000s, at the beginning, it was a big deal because of like TRL and like Jersey Shore and stuff like that. But now it's like, what do you watch? You know, there's mm -hmm. it's it's gone now. I don't even know if it still airs anything besides like ridiculousness. Yo, right? did you watch shows on MTV like Next? Yeah, I love those things. I think that conceptually, t television was meaner back then. Oh, no question. There, but the, it was hilarious, dude. How to to describe Next? It's it's like a dating show, but only kind of. It's yeah, five guys on a bus. And there's a girl that they're all trying to swoon. And the guy gets off the bus. And from that moment forward, a counter starts like minutes starts going up. And every minute he, on the date he lasts, he gets one dollar, <laughs> which is honestly a hilarious exchange rate for your time. That's really good. And. You can come off the bus. She can see how you physically look and go next. And that's it. And you have to get back on the bus and you just wasted a day. Like yeah, you, you wasted an entire day. Like MTV made you television. sign a contract. You're on national TV getting rejected instantly. Like that's so good. And then let's say you reach the end of a date and let's say that's 64 minutes. Then the host comes out and says, all right, would you like to go on a second date with Shelly or we'll double it and you get one hundred twenty eight dollars. It's like the stakes are so low, but I so many times I felt saw people be like, yeah, I'll take the one hundred twenty eight dollars. <laughs> you take one hundred and twenty eight dollars for an eight hour day instead yeah. of this date that you just went. It's dude. It's so that era of reality TV is hilarious because studios uh -huh. weren't willing to go all in with money. So they were just no. like, yeah, we'll throw like a thousand bucks maybe at putting six episodes of this show on the air. Yeah. I think like per episode, I, most dates, most times no one would win. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody goes home unhappy. Yeah. And it was like, very possible for them to spend $150 on like a game show, which is insane. <laughs> the I think everyone back then, I just don't think money was like public. Like, I just don't think you knew how much people were supposed to be making from anything. Not at all, though. No. So I think for a lot of people who they're working a minimum wage and they're like, I really only had to work for 30 minutes and I got $128. Sometimes they just got $30, though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. 128 is highballing. Well, these are all, like, college kids, too, right? So, like, their concept of money, they're all, like, early 20s. They they don't mm -hmm. really have a strong perception of time relative to it. So, like, you could kind of exploit that. I remember Room Raiders. Did you ever see that one? Room Raiders. Yeah, I think that's what it was no. called. It was basically, like, okay, you go, I think it was something like, 
you and another person uh, go into each other's rooms and decide if you want to date each other. So you never see each other, but you like just oh. rummage around their rooms and all their stuff. You can go into their drawers. That's and, interesting. Like, yeah, it was really weird. And it's like, I don't even think there's money on the line here. I could be wrong, but it was just like straight up. Hey, do you guys want to date? Okay, sick. Like, it was so simple. Yeah. There were uh, so many shows like that back then, and they were all amazing. So I, I messaged a friend to get this specific line from Kanye talking about Trump. Uh-huh. And it's just... <clears throat> uh, meanwhile, the DEA teamed up with the CCA. They try and lock friends up. They're trying <laughs> to make new slaves see that that's that privately owned prison. Get your peace today. They're probably all in on the Hamptons bragging about what they made today. Fuck you and your Hampton house. I'll fuck you and your Hampton spouse. Came on her Hampton blouse and in her Hampton mouse mouth. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's aggressive, Kanye. Yeah. So that's that's why the whole uh, heel turn sure. was uh, so shocking to me. Just because, I don't know, it just seemed like such a drastic change. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Man. And this is from appalled, so appalled from my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It says, I'm so appalled, spalding bald, balding Donald Trump taking dollars from y'all. <laughs> it's just It's so funny to hear just said like that. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> or just to casual read that language. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just dropping it out. That's so good. Sitting around the circle reading it to the kindergartners. I feel like that way about any sort of art. Like if you just read lyrics, they're so mm -hmm. bad. Anything that rhymes, it just feels like Dr. Seuss. It's so yeah, silly. Like, my friend Deanna always talks to her cat in like a, how you doing? Kind of like little voice. Sure, you know, sure, it's just sure. very cutesy voice. And I think it's hysterical to just recite it back in a talking voice and be like, yeah, <laughs> how are you doing, cat? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. But what were we talking about? Room Raiders, remember. game shows, dating Oh, yeah, shows. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I was going to say, so like... One thing that I've seen, so my wife loves game shows, and sometimes I'll pop in and watch some stuff with her, and you were talking about how, like, Next gave would maybe, like, 150 bucks tops for stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll watch a game show, and the prize is, like, $5,000. Have you ever yeah. seen that? And you're like, oh, <laughs> I can't get invested. It's like, what's the word? There's, like, words across America or something? I don't know. Game Show Network has so many shows which give away my, like a grand prize of $5,000, $3,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you have to apply to be on these game shows. Why wouldn't you just pick, like, Wheel of Fortune or Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or something I that pays a lot of money? I would guess that those shows have more applicants, you know? Sure, so you're just sniping the small ones? And I'm sure that if you are like applying to game shows, it's you're acting as if that's the only game show they're applying to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure that they just cast a wide net with stuff like that. Yeah, they have to, I guess. When it comes, I grew up on Game Show Network, which I think explains a lot about me. Okay, sure. Is it was the channel I watched, like everyone else as a kid was watching, I don't know, cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I was watching Game Show Network and like min-maxing how I would gamble on these shows. <laughs> <laughs> so what shows I, were they? Was it like the syndicated stuff, like Family Feud, or was it like the, the they, I know that they had like a original things. Family Feud, there was stuff like Lingo, there was stuff like Whammy. Lingo, I remember Lingo, mm -hmm. okay. I that think was the, the most 
psychologically interesting one was friend or foe. Yeah, I think we talked about that one. The mm-hmm. the ball one, like the or not the ball one. In in the UK it's called golden balls or whatever. I think we talked about that on a, I, on a previous thing. I do think so, but it's just the the sell of it is that it does not matter what the game show was. When it came down to how you and your partner split your money, you either you had to say friend or foe. If you both say friend, you split it. If one says friend, one says foe, the person who says foe gets all of it. And if they both do foe, they lose everything. So you always go foe. Every yeah. time. It's, it, dude, it's just prisoner's dilemma. That's all it mm-hmm. is, right? It's like, it's so simple. I would always go foe because that's what you have to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that that show is incredibly interesting for the psychological reasons. I think but, XQC did that. I think XQC did that with his own money, like on stream, and he just pulled two random people into a Discord, which isn't the same, because like, it's not like you're like learning each other over the course of a show. There's no relationship building. You're just like, yeah. there's this random guy across the world. You're just like, you want to split? Ah, And then you go foe. Foe, gotcha. Money's mine. I, I just, yeah, that, that show's crazy. I think, not a game show network show, but Legends of the Hidden Temple is a great sure. one. I Any of those old Nickelodeon ones. Yeah, you remember Nick Arcade? V- vividly. Vividly. That's le- a le- strong answer. Legitimately, it was the only thing I've wanted to do. I've wanted to make Twitch Arcade forever on Twitch. Ooh, ooh, I've had this idea forever. Sell. Actually, you and I should talk about this. I had an idea forever. But uh, I've watched that show recently, actually. And uh, I don't know if it holds up exactly, but it is still... I'll never forget the way that the prizing worked. Because it's like, if you lose in those shows, you get like a nerd's rope. Uh (laughs) Or like a lollipop, I think. They had like the whistle pops. And if you win, you get like a bike, right? Which again... Okay, but it couldn't cost more than like 200 bucks, right? Yeah, of course. They just didn't know how much this was worth back then. And I guess you're a kid, which only compounds things. Like you get some moon boots and you're just popping off. Yeah, I I love Family Feud because it's not a scripted show, but it is. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. You know, they'll they'll give you questions where the answer is obviously penis. Ah, yeah. And And then then Steve Steve Harvey Harvey, gets to go crazy. Yeah, he just reacts to why you said penis for three whole minutes of broadcast and television. (laughs) And then the answer might be penis or it might not be. Either way, another reaction happens. Yeah, no matter what, he wins either way. It's just something like name a part of your spouse that you wish was if bigger. If it's on there, then he gets to look embarrassed and ashamed for two minutes. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah, and, and Steve Harvey, what do you mean? I meant their hair. Yeah. I was talking I saw, about their fingers. What? I saw one that was like, um, uh, name a part of your body that never stops growing. And someone just buzzing, penis. 
And then Steve and Harvey gets to look at the camera for five minutes uninterrupted. It's so long. <laughs> like, yeah, it takes a I, long time. I can't get into Steve Harvey as a host for for uh, Family Feud because like I thought it was so funny at first. But once you've seen one episode of it, I feel you've like seen you've seen all them of all. them. Yep. Yeah. They just say something dirty or explicit. And then he reacts for five minutes, which is like one sixth of the allotted <laughs> time for this broadcast. Do you have a favorite host? Because it was like him, Louis Anderson, right? The guy from Home Improvement. Yeah. Um, I forget I, who else. There was Richard I, Dawson, who was the guy that kissed everybody. That was weird. That was weird. Yeah, that was really strange. I was talking with a friend about pretty much this whole conversation. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty like well prepped for this topic right now. And we then watched an hour-long compilation of funny game show moments. Oh, boy. And it was like all throughout history. So you got a lot of old stuff. And I got to say, I know it doesn't feel like society is progressing, but we are. What what what's changing? <laughs> uh, I'm wondering what that means. Sexual harassment was way more prominent and ah, way more access, accepted sure. on that show. Yeah. I think the other thing is a lot of hosts would get very grabby with women, and I didn't love that. Yeah, that was weird. I, I now it's coming back to me. I just remember Richard Dawson like asking the young girls for for kisses and stuff. And I was like, ah, that's weird. I, you know, but I guess it's just yeah. that one guy. But I think you're right. I've seen stuff too where it's like, mm -hmm. it's not just the one guy. This is just them being friendly. Like <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people go from uh like, you know, for the final feud or whatever, when they yeah. the host will have his arm around oh, the shoulder. Oh, he puts his arm around them. Yeah. Yeah. Arm around the shoulder for all men and arm around the waist for all women or like grabbing their arm or something. And I was just oh. like, ah, that's that's a that's a lot. Um it's and <laughs> fun fact, it is estimated that Richard Dawson kissed about twenty thousand women during his run on Family Feud. <laughs> How do you, what kind of estimate is that? Well, how do you get that number? Guinness? Can we get someone on this? Dude, what a legend. Man, look at that guy. That's actually, I, I don't even know. I feel like that's just old people, dude. My wife, yeah. uh, she, she was raised by her grandparents, and so she hung out with a lot of their friends. And old people are just fucking weird. Like, yeah, they are. They have old, no sense of personal boundaries. And I think that's seriously. what this is all stemming from. Yeah. Like they, they just have no personal boundaries and they have this ex like idea of how women like to be treated that stems from, I don't even know. Maybe it was male dominated media in like the fifties and the forties or whatever, but like it's bizarre to look at in real time because like you see the stuff play out on TV and like if somebody acts like this in a show, you're like, okay, he's the bad guy, right? Like, in media, that's the guy who's going to get his comeuppance. But in real life, these old guys just do it. They'll just ask, you know, 20, 30-year-old women to come sit on their lap. And they're not, usually they're not the meaning anything is, bad by it. Yeah, but it's they like, think they're being respectful. They're right. like, hey, I, I, I mean, I could have asked for worse. Yeah, they think it's flattering, right? And I right? have. Yeah. <laughs> to them, it's just how dames and broads want to be treated. But it's just teams and broads. It's weird. And the occasional winch. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we've come up on an hour. Okay, let's let's ring the bell and let's uh -huh. trace back. I don't think we're getting back from this. I don't I, remember. 
I, if I can be completely honest, I think this is the most scattered episode we've had so far. <laughs> I, I, we started with anime profile pictures uh-huh. and ended on sexual harassment and game shows from the 80s. Well, we did talk about age and generational differences, and I think that's sort of the defining theme, right? That was the like, theme of today's episode. I, I'd agree. All the way through. Like, MTV, old people being weird because they expected it, uh, defining your identity in the online space through HTML and GIFs, and you can't yeah. do that now. You know, this I think we, we did a lot. Definitely the most undiagnosed ADHD episode <laughs> of this podcast thus far. Hey, but if you guys liked it, uh, you might want to check with a doctor <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. If you followed everything, you should talk to someone. This is a secret test. And uh, if you, <laughs> you got failed. to the end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, Richard Dawson kissed 20,000 women. That's a big number, dude. I, I was having a conversation with a friend recently, and recent, and I just asked, who is the poorest man in the world? Did you know there's an answer? No. Yeah. How? Because you because you can't have negative. That's just dead. Is it dead? Exactly. Oh, okay. Who is it? <laughs> yeah. His name is Jerome Curville. Okay. And I I don't remember the whole story, but it's something like. He illegally got a lot of funds, roughly $73 billion of them, uh, got caught. And to my, this is just kind of like how I figured the story. Uh-huh. Like, he probably just spent a lot of it and then had to uh, uh, pay it back, which he didn't have. So now he owns $6.3 billion. Oh, my God. And it really got me thinking on, like, how the fuck do you spend $6.3 billion? Like, I am actively trying to think on how I would spend that much money, and I don't know how. I genuinely do not know how to spend that much money. There are sites where you can try. There's stuff like spend uh, spend Elon Musk's fortune or spend Bill Gates' fortune, and it's like you have to try to buy things to make a dent in it, and you can't do it. Yeah. You, you have to buy property, like islands, right? Yeah, I have absolutely no clue because I I think, you know, when you grow up, you learn that $1,000 is not a lot. Right. And then I think you've really grown up when you realize even a million dollars is not a lot. Yeah. It is life-changing money, but I mean, in the big scheme of things, like even if you can't live off of a million dollars. No, not for long. Yeah. You can be extremely frugal. And probably do it for like a good few decades. But I don't think people with a million dollars have that control. No, I think you, Most could, don't. you would you would try it. Well, if you do that, you're probably like you treat the money like a like a high score. And so you yeah. just like you just keep it in there and you're just trying to up it like crazy. I think what's I, crazy is like it after you spend a certain amount of money, at what point are you just like, fuck it, I'm going to keep going. Cause like yeah, they're not gonna expect you to pay back six billion in a lifetime. So like, can you just like what? I just keep spending it. What are you gonna do about it? You know, I, would yeah, just I guess die you're gonna, at that point. Yeah, you just die. You just, yeah, keep spending money until you die. Yeah, either you go to jail or you die. That's that's mm-hmm. all they can do to you at that point. I've had this incredible revelation lately, 
that nothing in life really matters. True. And I mean that in the least existential way possible. You've been watching Rick and Morty, huh? Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's. I'm pretty nihilistic, but well, you no, do have I a pretty high IQ. Yeah. Just that I I see life now and just think like there is no reason to not just do what I want. I guess what I'm trying to say is I have now reached that point in my life where I'm like, I don't need to prove anything to anyone. Sure. And it, it's liberating to be there because now it's just like, I'm just going to do what I want and pay taxes and then one day die. And that yeah. is my plan for life. I think it's like, I think that's called self-actualization, right? Based. Like all your other, yeah. I think all of your other needs are met. You are clothed, you have food, you are... Uh, you know, you're taken care of. And I think that that's like at the top is just like this self-actualization of just like, I'm going to live my best life and you've made it. Congratulations. And we've made it to the end of the episode. I think we're now almost 10 minutes over. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in to how did we get here? How did we get here? I don't fucking know today. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know, but maybe we'll figure it out next week. Uh, when we talk about the sacred geometry of McDonald's nuggets, I will and say, I, you've I think been we'll, we'll wanting be to stuck talk about there this a little one for a while. Yeah, this has been a hot topic for us for a long time, even more so than anime profile pictures, which I think we thought mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about and then we didn't. So, who knows? Keep, what is what is our Twitter handle? Uh, it's the it's the H D W G H cast. I think. I thought it was cast. Yes. Too, that- Account suspended. What? What happened? Wait. Okay. So, uh, I I would like to say to everyone watching, we would love to advertise our podcast real quick, but it seems like it's gotten <laughs> suspended off Twitter. We didn't even do anything. We haven't even tweeted on it. Do you remember what our password was? No, you made it. Okay, then I'll try my password. Oh no. Okay. Uh. What hey happened? everybody, our Twitter account is no longer suspended. Woo! So be sure to follow HW uh, no HDWGH cast. Woo! On Twitter. Such an ugly acronym. Yeah, I hate it. There's no there's no vowels or anything. It's just hard we to say. We should have tried to think of the acronym before we put the show together. Now we're in too deep. Yeah, we blew it. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next time on How Do We Get Here. Goodbye. How Did We Get Here is produced by Deanna Gowland, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks. Our theme music is by Garrett Williamson, and our engineer audio producer is Justin Asher. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.